That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. The meal I cooked was awesome, if I may say so myself. I believe you. What did you just eat? I had green beans curry, mm-hmm. guju style. With a little mm. bit of little bit of jaggery in it. What's jaggery? Jaggery, good. Oh, yum! They add a little bit of sweet in everything, so this Ooh. like this one had a, like a yum. tinge. It just brings out actually the spice out a little bit more when you add that. And then I had uh, and a black. I also made a black bean curry mm. with like homemade chapatis, which is like full cast, and it was awesome. Now your black bean curry is that like rajma? Rajma, but with. Black beans, Black beans instead, instead of the of rajma. Beans. Yeah. 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 Mm-mm-mm. I love green beans cooked desi style. We call it yeah. palia. Palia? Yeah. Palia is green beans uh-huh. for like Pakistanis. We yeah. see palia and then it's with the, usually with potatoes. Ah. Mm. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, nobody cooked any curries this week on Real Housewives of anything. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. But we're talking about housewives and there's been it's been a very eventful week. It very has. positively eventful week for housewives. Yes, right? I feel like we achieved a lot. Nature is healing. The world is coming back to some sort of a normalcy, but actually it's it's a better normal. It's yes. not the old normal, it's a better normal. And I feel like as a human population, as humanity, <laughs> we achieved quite a bit. Right, because Heather Dubrow is coming back on her. Yes, <laughs> if not, I mean there is power in the voice of the people. Is all I'm yes. saying. Yes, it's not just that Heather Dubrow is coming back, but also that Kelly Dodd is not. I'm so excited. Oh. Do you know what I'm mostly excited about, though? Mm-hmm. I'm excited about watching Shannon now that Heather is back. <laughs> Shannon is going to have a nervous breakdown. Mm, can't wait. She's my favorite neurotic. Yeah, she's my favorite neurotic too. And, you know, at some, one point I was identifying with Shannon at one point in my life. Uh-huh. And when Shannon was at a point, especially when the fat Shannon, right? The one that yeah. fell off the bike. That's the <laughs> Shannon that I identified with her hunger. Always yeah. being hungry, always all of that. Me too. So I always said, I would always say that I like Shannon a lot, but I would get a lot of blowback from folks saying, how can you like her when she's so negative and she's such a whiny bit? Like, no, I'm not talking about all of that. I'm talking yeah. about her issues with food. <laughs> yeah. And it was her, very relatable. Yeah, it's like she's depressed and she's menopausal and she's eating and she cannot stop eating. And that's <laughs> that's the part that I identify with. Yeah, yeah. I'm just very excited that Shannon is going to be doing a lot of like – Shannon's voice also goes – she's like heavenly. Her voice goes higher the faker she is. Right. You know, so she's going to be like, oh, Heather, I love you. Like she's going to Her hands are going to get all even more tighter <laughs> – and robotic, and she's going to be, yeah. I think it was somebody, I can't remember, I'm sorry, they messaged us saying claw hands versus plain hands. Yes. 
<laughs> claw hands versus plain hands. And I don't think Shannon has still forgiven Heather for taking her chair. Or they, yeah. it was the other way around. Heather took <laughs> no, her no, chair. No, it was Heather took Shannon's it's chair. He- I think Heather took Shannon's chair. It was the- But Shannon took Heather's chair first, and then Heather took Shannon's chair again. And that... I don't think that was like Loki the best feud ever. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that they are over that. No. no. I think that started it and ever yeah. since then it's been sorry. Oh. Well, Harold is just very excited that Heather Dubrow is also back. Yes. Super I understand. excited. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we're Bronwyn left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Bronwyn Bronwyn was politely asked not to return. Yeah. As was Kelly Dodd, as was Elizabeth Vargas. I don't know Elizabeth. Didn't watch her. There was a story there, I think. There wasn't she part of a cult of some kind or yeah. something. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it got too complicated and too dark. You know, I only listened to Watch What Crappened, so that's all yeah. I know. But I don't know enough. So I don't know. But I mean if OC had to survive all of those they had to do a whole revamp. So so Gina and uh, what's her name? Emily are still on though. Yes, Gina and Emily are on. Yep. Okay. Gina, we, so, so far we have confirmed Gina, Emily, and Heather Dubrow. Fancy pants. Do you think there are black people in OC for them to hire one person? So, so here's <laughs> Or what, here's one Asian or one black person? <laughs> yeah. So I've actually heard from quite a few people that there's a huge like Middle Eastern and uh, Asian community in OC. I know there's a Middle Eastern community. I used to, my husband used to yeah. live in OC, so I used to visit all the time. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing a, a lot of black Color. folks. <laughs> No. no color in the even in the background of those scenes in OC, you never yeah. really saw any yeah. person. When I went like, into store, when I would walk into grocery stores, I remember people turning and looking at me, like yeah, trying to figure out if I was Mexican. Maybe there's a lot of Hispanic community there. We have we haven't had a Hispanic, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pro- it, it would make sense that we should get at least one Hispanic person. The only person we've had on OC that's been Hispanic is is Eddie, who Tamara called a beaner once. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I can't yes. feel gross even saying that out loud. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to watch OC again because I love Heather Dubrow. I've never identified more with a housewife than Heather Dubrow. And it's not because I'm rich. It's mm-hmm. because I'm judgmental mm-hmm. and I have a lot of rules and I'm A-type. Yeah. I identified a lot with Heather Dubrow as well. Not for the money, but for her OCD and her typeiness, like you said. She made a lot of sense. Yeah. She always approached with logic. And yes. I always appreciate her calm dismissal of yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. we we don't see that often. She was always very polite and calm as she not I'm not saying the one very uh, you know where she's telling asking people to leave, but also dismissing other people's arguments very calmly. You know she's a great auntie is what she is. She is. She's a good desi auntie. She is a really good desi auntie. So yeah. I'm excited for that. And then obviously since then, Kelly's just been on one. She claims that she's been asked to leave because she's a conservative. It's hilarious. <laughs> she's saying it's because she's a conservative and also saying that it's because Bronwyn made the show too dark. She sent a bunch of very insane text messages to Bronwyn. And then she screenshotted those text messages and posted them on her Instagram. as Which only made her look, which only made Kelly look bad. Like, why would you do that, Kelly? Bronwyn is offering you help yeah. if you want to talk. 
and you are basically lashing out at her. But also, Kelly, weren't you the one who said that you are not neither conservative not, nor a Democrat, that you are a libertarian yeah. and that you didn't really think about, didn't you take the Thomas Ravenel route of, I don't really think about politics should be out of people's lives and everything. When did you turn conservative? Yeah, and also, by the way, Arthi, I w- you said earlier, are there any black people in OC? Yeah, Kelly. Kelly, remember? She's black. Oh, yeah. And she's Hispanic, too. Oh, that's right. She is Hispanic. She's actually Hispanic. You're right. You're right. You're right. She's actually Hispanic, but thinks she's black. But also, she doesn't identify as Hispanic. Yeah, also, she's the worst. Yeah. Um, So that's happening. I'm very excited for that. And then Gigi got involved, Golnessa. She got her two cents in, and she read Kelly Dodd to Filth. She said she was really excited about Kelly being fired because of that shit. Gigi has a lot of problems, but Gigi is always on the right side of politics. So she was very excited to see Kelly leave. Kelly returned back and said, I don't know who Gigi is. And then Gigi made an Instagram story and was like, oh, you don't know who I am? I've been part of Bravo a lot longer than you have. I created my show. I started my show. I'm an OG on my show. And I'm going to close out my show. Unlike you, you're not going to be asked back on on your show. And she was like, if you're really part of the Bravo family, you know other people on other shows. You don't do that. But I bet Ramona doesn't know who Gigi is either. Oh, of course. But also Gigi would read Ramona to Phil. Right. Okay, so the other thing that happened this week was Erica Jane, the Erica Jane Hulu documentary, Housewife yes. and the Hustler. Do, do you think Rena got a piece of that? Because hasn't Rena already trademarked Hustler? Rena, if why haven't you <laughs> trademarked the word Hustler? <laughs> That's true. I thought the the entire documentary was going to be about Erica and Rena and not Erica, Erica. and Rena. I know, right? <laughs> She's the OG Hustler, right? Like Rena and Lisa Nicole and Jensha, you all have to, one of you needs to copyright and trademark Hustler. Exactly. So you don't watch the documentary? No, I did not. But I have seen, I saw two things that were very disturbing. Yeah, sure. Tell me. Daniel Staub and yeah. Dana Wilkie. First, Daniel Stubb, what are you doing? You did not, Daniel Stubb, I saw the clip of Daniel Stubb saying she worked with Erica on mm-hmm. Watch What Happens Live. And yeah. I'm like, that's not work. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Worked with, where you worked in the craft services? What are you doing? What it reminds me of, it reminds me of like when I was younger and people would ask what countries you've been to. I would always say I've been to the UK, but I hadn't, I had only been there for a layover once in Manchester on the way to Pakistan. <laughs> It feels like that when you say yes. something like, I yes. with her. Like, I passed through the airport. I passed through Heathrow. I passed through Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> so I've been to both France and UK. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, bizarrely, the documentary opened with Daniel Staub. And I will say that Andy Cohen, so our friend of the pod, Tom Hamlet of Dumpster Dive, was at Watch What Happens. He got to go to a live taping. At the oh, he went to that one. The one yeah, with um, Ryan and he went Heather. To the one with, no, he went to the one with Sutton. And oh, Sutton. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he did confirm that Sutton's legs are very freakish. Thin. Very freakish. <laughs> She's got bird legs for sure. I, if I have ever seen bird legs, they're her legs. But that's he's okay. Like, he's incomparable I mean, to I'm a Dunkin' it's Donuts. A negative. It's just what yeah, it is. Yeah, he's incomparable to a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee straw. <laughs> <laughs> to 
was very specific. Very specific. So, um, but he said that somebody asked Andy about if he had watched Housewife and the Hustler, and he said, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't call anything that has Daniel Staub as the opener as like some sort of, you know, investigative journalism. So <laughs> I will say, so when I started watching it, I was like, oh God, brother, what is this? Yeah. But the Housewives and sort of Bravo part aside, because the people that they had talking about Bravo were Dana Pham, 25,000, Daniel Staub, and Heather fucking McDonald. So it was like, oh, okay. I didn't know Heather McDonald was part yeah. of it. Yeah. So no, like, I don't know. Yeah. So they had these people on to talk about Bravo, which kind of was like the actual documentary itself, I'd say, is more about Tom Girardi and how mm. he's been scamming his clients. It's really, really sad. But the takeaway from it was that Tom was a super successful lawyer forever, the mm. lawyer of the people. And he would do these big cases where he would go after PSENG and, mm. you know, airlines and all this stuff. And he would get money for the victims of these of in mm-hmm. these situations. And they interviewed three such victims um, that sued larger corporations. And these victims said that they either got some of their money or none of their money. (gasps) And the reason why this now ties into Erica is that Erica got on the show Mm -hmm. flashing her wealth. And people who were working with Tom said, well, wait, you're supposed to be fighting the man. You can't be showing that you are also the man. And then layer Erica's sort of exorbitant lifestyle and her glam squad and talking about it's expensive to be me. Mm -hmm. Layer that on top of victims who are now watching her who are waiting to be given compensation Mm -hmm. for their losses. And these are very tragic stories. I mean, fires, you know, orphans, widows, like medical complications. Mm -hmm. It's really, really sad. And more than anything, I think I watched, I enjoyed watching the documentary because it really highlighted these people's stories and stories that deserve to be told. I can understand from the perspective of a victim who is like, I'm sitting here and I'm literally screaming into a black hole and this motherfucker's wife gets to go on national TV and be praised for how rich she is. Mm -hmm. Like, so it was really important to see those stories. But this all ties to Erica because Tom had invested a significant amount of his money Uh into Erica Jane. And so the money is all tied up. And people are now starting to believe that some of the money that Tom claims to have not paid his clients, the the money that was supposed to go to the clients, he may have used those funds to fund Miss Erica Jane. Okay. So Erica Jane, the company, Erica Jane, the persona, the Erica Jane, the shell company that basically was where... Tom was leaving the money. So he was basically funneling money in there to hold there. With some of it going to Mikey, but (laughs) most of it just... Yeah. And the documentary must have had some very shocking information because after the documentary aired, Erica's own legal team dropped her. Mm. So here's what I was thinking also about the documentary and the fact that Daniel Staub, they they brought these particular characters and... I guess I see Heather McDonald at the same level as Daniel Staub. You know, I understand that part. And Dana, for whatever reason, Wilkie, what is she doing there? I have no idea. I couldn't even, I didn't even recognize her. She was called her. former, former castmate of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was like, mm, no. 
She was friend of. And she wasn't even on the show when Erica no. came on the show. Mm-hmm. So what is the point there? She I was shown understand. as some sort of Erica housewives expert. And it was so hilarious because it just seemed like she had just read the book. I mean, our friend Les could have been part of it. Les should have been part of it, to be honest. Yeah. Les yeah. should have been part of it. So for me, it, I'm wondering if they brought these characters on to make sure that we, all of us would get sucked into it. And that we would give us give the documentary a lot more views because all the housewives fans and everybody would just be jumping up and down and talking about all the ridiculous ridiculous appearances of all of these women there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think that. I, that I mean, for where sure. would you go? Or is it because no, they approached a whole bunch of housewives and people, and everybody refused to be part of it? And the only characters they could find to be part of it was these three. It's a wild thing that they would do that. I. I'll also, I can also imagine that people who are currently on Bravo probably wouldn't want to go on yeah. because, no, I, I again, can the Bravo that. family, mm-hmm. you know? I can see you don't want to cross Erica Jane because Erica is, as much as we dislike her, she is yeah. still a, a fan favorite. People really do like right. her. So I can right. see why. I think it was great to watch because uh-huh. it's now going to really change the way I've been watching Beverly Hills. Everything she this bitch does is so fucking dramatic. I can't. Yeah. I mean, the, the way she walked in into this episode and this, the closing of the door and dramatic standing and the whole walk from from her car and the drive and there was so much footage I'm like wait to play up your victimhood there and try and make a scene out of it this is like real life for some people and you are making a mockery of it yes and I think the thing she's going to be stuck in now the water the hot water that she's going to be stuck in is that she makes she has more money than Tom apparently Tom mm-hmm. Girardi has no money this man this man was once worth like a hundred that hundred million dollars Okay. And now this man has no money. Uh-huh. And the only money he really has is actually Erica. And they don't have a prenup. So Ooh. the money Erica makes on Bravo is all the money that they have between Bravo but and But that her would make it that the, this is the money that the victims would want need, get, right? So Erica would yes. have yeah, because yeah, if there's no money with Tom, can the victims go after Erica? Especially if Tom had put money into Erica's business through the victims' yeah. money. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I'm not going to believe any of the sob stories that she tells. And I also think it's really interesting that her own legal team dropped her, who she Mm -hmm. probably disclosed the most information to. I wonder now what the rest of the, you know, what do they call them? The Fox 5 crew or whatever the fuck they are. The um, Erica and Rena and Kyle and their little crew. Yeah. I wonder how they received it. Because I'm sure they're like, wait a minute, this is not what we understood. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I were Dorit, Dorit and PK run. Yes. Don't get mixed up in that crowd because you guys are already on thin ice. (laughs) You guys need to stay away from this. I (laughs) would go... If I were Dorit and PK, I would go apologize to Lisa Vanderperm and just suck up to her and hide behind her and cut loose Rina and Kyle and Erica. Well, PK is not going anywhere unless he gets a plate of food to eat because he gets very upset when he has to leave a party and he hasn't even eaten. And I I haven't identified with PK as much (laughs) as I did in that moment. I was like, PK, you're so right. PK was having the time of his life with his bestie. Mo, okay. Mo was Mo had a doobie. PK was PK was pulling his leg. PK was finally talking to and was being very well received by 
Crystal's husband, Rob. And, you know, PK was enjoying himself. He was in his element. He had settled himself into that little chair and he was having a nice, nice time. And he looked good. Did you see? PK looked good. I don't know what it is about the Kemsleys. But yeah. I really am enjoying them. Yeah. Even that scene of her leaving to go to Sutton's house and her just saying bye to her kids and PK just like lounging in PJs and the yeah. kids just like being on iPads. I was like, what is this, my house? Yeah. <laughs> it was very realistic. Yeah. But Okay, let's talk about – so Kyle has an election party, which can I just say between Beverly Hills and New York, I don't want to watch election parties. No. I don't. No. I live through it and I don't want to watch it. Okay, and it was, and you know what? It was, even though the the results were, oh my god, thank God, it was positive to what we wanted. It gave us some little bit of faith back in humanity. It was a traumatic experience. Yes, I did feel a lot of PTSD to the moment of looking at the results, election results. I agree. Same. So they have this party. Everybody comes except for Erica. Um, mm-hmm. Crystal and Sutton seem to play nice. Sutton and Rob actually have a lovely interaction. Sutton yeah. is still being super awkward. Somebody pointed out that Sutton has Shannon Bedore energy, which is very true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Crystal shares with everybody that she lost five pounds on the trip, and she shares that she has an eating disorder and that she's yeah. a recovering bulimic. Yeah. And she shares a story about how she was growing up. And we also see this later with her and Rob at home. I thought that was a very nice scene, by the way, the one with Rob. At home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lovely scene. And I actually think Crystal's type of parenting is my type of parenting. Also, yeah. I appreciated that they have a big-ass rice cooker right on their kitchen countertop. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, that's an Asian yeah. household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she shares a story about how she was growing up and she wanted to be white. She wanted to mm-hmm. be thin and white and that's what she wanted to be. And I thought about something, which is like, I think Crystal's fine. I I, I posted this on Instagram today and I just really mm-hmm. stand by it, which is that I don't have to love every single person on my TV right away. Yeah. I think Crystal is a perfectly fine addition to Beverly Hills, but she's been on my screen for like 20 minutes now, mm-hmm. and I don't need to have a, a decision about whether or not I think that she's amazing or whatever. I think she's a good addition. That's yeah. fine. But I think that there's something really interesting about Crystal, which is that people find her to be quite cold, huh. which which I agree with. Yeah. But when she told the story about her wanting to be like those like beautiful sort of mm-hmm. beautiful white girls growing up, and I understand that feeling because that's how I grew up too. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to look like a white person. I didn't Mm want to look like myself. Yeah. I think that there's something to say about Crystal now being able to achieve the lifestyle that white girls growing up find aspirational. Yeah. Crystal is able to now achieve that lifestyle in the city that worships white women the most. Correct. In an industry that worships white women the most. Yeah. Crystal is able to achieve that kind of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I think think that sometimes that sort of cold exterior behavior, that cold exterior that Crystal is putting off, mm-hmm. that I think is her sort of almost behaving in the way that growing up she thought beautiful white girls behave, like the ice queen behavior. Yeah. That sort of ice queen attitude. That's like this sort of snotty thing that you see pretty girls in high school. That's how they act. Yeah, but also I know. But I think, but, but well, so huh. I think that, but I think the reason why she's doing it is because there's an internal insecurity and this is sort of her guard up. 
Right. That's what I think. That's what I was going to get to is that she is not quite comfortable in her role yet. Yeah. She is a good fit, but she's yes. not quite comfortable speaking her mind in front of the camera yet. Yes. So she is watching her piece and cues. Yes. Um, but at the same time, trying to be assertive, but, uh, you know, not quite trusting yeah. the camera, the producers, the audience. And um, she's like, okay, I can say this and I'll say that. And that's all I'm going to say right now. And yeah. she's kind of approaching it very cautiously. To yes. me, it doesn't feel yes. snobbish as much as guarded and cautious. Mm. That's how I feel. I don't feel that she's snobbish in that sense. I feel like she is, I don't think she's cold either because when she's at home with her kids or when she is in her comfort zone in the pictures that they showed of her, she yeah. seemed very mm -hmm. comfortable and happy and open. I think when she gets into the the filming mode in in front of people that she's not quite comfortable with, she is she is. I think she is technically maybe an introvert, and she, she is, is coming into a extroverted environment. So she's approaching it very cautiously, and that's where I think people, unlike Erica, when Erica came, everybody said she was cold, but you knew she was not an introvert yeah. because Erica Jane is not an introverted personality. That's yes. an extrovert personality. Yeah. So Erica was just being cold and distant to increase the mystery of Erica. Yes. Yes. That was very calculated. That's not yes. who Crystal is. Crystal is not trying to be a different person. She's just an introverted person. Yes. And she's opinionated and she's being careful with her opinion because um, she doesn't quite trust the environment she's in. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's how I see that. Yeah. What do you think about this fight between Kyle and Dorit? And do you think it's real? No. Okay. That's it. Yeah. No, no, no. So I, I think it's real from Dorit's side, but not real from Kyle's side. I think Dorit is tired of Kyle coming up with like fake fights mm -hmm. to make shit happen and have a storyline. And Dorit is like, I'm tired of this. There's no fight. I didn't say anything that was ugly, uh, you know. There's no fight. I'm just being myself. Mm -hmm. How is it that you can yell at me, but I cannot yell at you? And all of a sudden now you're sensitive. And Dorit is like, I'm fucking over it. I can yeah. be friendly, but you don't have to then get into all of that. So I was with Dorit and like, this is annoying. Kyle is annoying. I don't want to deal with it. You don't invite me to your house and start creating an issue where there's no issue. This is not, I have already gone down the path of Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juice, which was not a storyline and you mm -hmm. created it into one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is another one where you're going to create a storyline where there isn't one. I'm mm -hmm. done. I'm all done. And she left. I think Dorit and PK hang out with Kyle because they like Mauricio and not so much because they like Kyle. I agree. I think Dorit also hangs out with her because she knows that Kyle's into really fancy over-the-top things so Dorit mm -hmm. can like tag along and enjoy it and have a nice yeah. time but I agree I think it's really the bond between Piquet and Mauricio I also thought it was really funny that they start to talk about Erica's divorce because it's that morning that they get that text message and Kyle somehow ends up making the divorce about Kyle she's like oh well I'm sure she's going through a lot but I thought I was her friend I'm like yeah. shut up Kyle this isn't about you. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> the only person who is obligated to tell you about their intimate life is Faye Resnick, Kyle. Yeah. She is your closest friend. Maybe Chris Jenner, but I bet Chris Jenner doesn't even share all of that with you. No, I don't think and Chris so, Jenner is actually Kyle's friend. I think yeah. that Kyle wants to be Chris Jenner's, Chris Jenner's friend. friend. Yeah. 
then, so we see Sutton's store and Kathy and Kyle visit. And Kathy tries to convince Sutton that she doesn't need a bathroom. <laughs> I love Kathy. I think she is so <laughs> unassuming, so confident. I think Ray was the one who said she's she the most confident. And somebody said, well, she and Candy Burris. Yeah. But she... She is so, so unassuming. She's so unbothered. Yes. I just love it. Yeah. She just walked into her and, and Sutton cannot even get to take offense to it. Sutton is like, that's the bathroom. I do need one, <laughs> Kathy. No, I cannot get rid of it, Kathy. They're all being so respectful and Kathy doesn't care a fuck. <laughs> She's like, yeah, and what is that table there? What does that mean? And what's in the back over there? Why do you need a kitchen here? Like what the, she's so bothered by the setup of how Sutton has set up her store. She just doesn't like it. And I'm Kathy like, is, oh, Kathy, Kathy is a Hilton. She's a Hilton. She is. And also Kathy's another great auntie. She is a perfect auntie. She's exactly what aunties are like. They come in and start <laughs> criticizing your home without even waiting to be invited to do so. <laughs> yeah. So Sutton throws a party and I was like, is this Sutton's MLM party? It was such an MLM party. <laughs> it was like, like, it was like, I'm going to display my things and people will buy them. <laughs> so Sutton throws, what, $30,000? A $35,000 party, yeah. She spends on just a party for what? Like, mm-hmm, how is she yeah. going to recoup? It's a, If it's a business party, you want to recoup it. What are you doing with that? Like how like they would need to buy a lot of your jewelry to yeah. for that money to come back to you, sister. Yeah. It was weird. And the table in the corner is not helping Sutton get all that money. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Um, but at her house, so they have this party and Kyle and Rena show up in the same outfit. And let me tell you something, okay? These motherfuckers plan to wear the same outfit because they think it makes them quirky, but it doesn't. It doesn't make you quirky, okay? It makes you corny and annoying. I bet what happened was Kyle felt left out of the pink outfit issue. Remember mm. when they did do ha- have an accident and everybody was in a pink outfit and Kyle wasn't? So she was like, what are you going to wear oh, today, Rena? And oh, figured out what Rena was going to wear or stalked Rena, figured it out and wore the polka dot so she could be. She could have that moment. God, I hate it. I hate it. It was so fake. Because you know Kyle is always. Kyle was watching uh, what's her name's Crystal's handbag. She couldn't even concentrate on what Crystal was talking about. She's such a, she's such a, she's such a copycat. She wants to do everything that everybody else does. I agree. Also in the episode, we saw Harry and Rena and Harry Hamlin is setting up some sort of a farm. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. That's a vegetable garden and there's Uh a setup. Of a vegetable garden at the gate, and that I have been wanting. Oh my god! And I want to do that in my yard. <laughs> and I have my vegetables growing in pots right now because my husband promised me one that he would get build me one. Yeah. And my birthday is coming up next month, and he was supposed to have it done by then, and he hasn't. So now my all my tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants and everything else is in like pots that they are outgrowing and I'm very nervous about it that they're going to die before my actual uh, vegetable patch is built my vegetable garden is built my raised garden is built so for me to watch that scene was very triggering oh no well let me tell you something I wanted I wanted it yesterday and I don't have it yet (laughs) 
Well, let me tell you something. Harry Hamlin could start a post-apocalyptic cult, and I yeah. would sign the hell right up. He yeah. seems to really know what he's doing. And also, yeah. I'm going to say it. I think Harry Hamlin is hot. He is, and he knows it. And Rena yes. knows it. And he's yes. like, he's telling Rena, don't leave me. That was I've done two divorces. I don't want to do another one. I actually think I'm that like, they're Harry, a real no, relationship. try and consider it. It's okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. Rena would murder someone before she let Harry Hamlin get a divorce, okay? Ah. (laughs) All right. But that's it for Beverly Hills. Let's talk about Real Housewives of New York. So we start off the episode again in the Hamptons where Mm -hmm. Leah has lost it. She's thrown her flowers on Heather. And, you know, very much like a toddler, somehow completely cools down. In like two minutes. Yeah, two minutes and like even apologizes. Yeah. It's so weird. But the funniest part to me was when everybody's trying to calm her down, Lou goes, what about that vow of silence? That was a good idea. But here's the thing that she is having a mental breakdown and she's yes. just being a toddler yeah. and not one of the women is bothered by it. They're like, oh, yes. Leah, okay, yeah, just calm down. I think they've all accepted her as uh, she's going to be the the elementary school. She's going to be the seven-year-old. Yeah. And we just have to manage her. We, she's going to be the toddler that we have to manage. All of us have to manage and they're just going to put up with her. But I feel like I, I'm actually getting super annoyed with that. I She's agree. a grown-ass woman with a teenage daughter now. Yeah. She has a business. She has a – why are you acting like you are a toddler? Why are you having tantrums and going nuts? And why are we condoning that? Why are we actually allowing that to happen? Why are the other women putting up with that? I don't understand it. Well, that's the other thing, right? It's like Sonia, when Sonia behaves this way, somebody has a conversation with her somebody sits down and is able Mm. to verbalize with her that these Mm -hmm. things are going on let's talk about it and of course Sonia goes back to that shit Mm -hmm. but with Leah Leah is so toxic that nobody can actually sit and have a conversation with her about what's going on and I think that's the problem well Sonia comes from a place I feel like Sonia and Leah's uh, breakdowns are different Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try and figure out how as we speak Yeah, Leah comes from a place of being spoiled and never, never, she's always been taken care of. And she's not, I feel like she hasn't had the same pain and issues that Sonia has. I feel like Sonia comes from a place of deep pain, whereas Leah comes from a place of I'm spoiled and I deserve this and I'm not getting what I want right now. Right. Leah comes from entitlement. Entitlement, yes. Yeah. So that's why I feel I am sympathetic to Sonia's breakdowns, but I am not to Leah's because Leah's, I just want to slap her fa- slap her and say, <laughs> get it together, yeah. move on, yeah. be a grown-up, grown-up. Yeah. Because also Leah comes across and tells that to other people all the time, right? She comes up as, uh, oh, I'm so much better than everybody else. I understand the world better than everybody else. Yeah. I can tell you what to do. Yeah. But she's not the one that is going to listen to you. And that's not how Sonia comes across. Sonia's like, yeah. I don't know enough. And she's yeah. very humble about herself, yeah. which is why I like Sonia a lot. Sonia admits to being clueless about most things. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what makes her 
Endearing. Um, endearing, yes. Mm -hmm. But Leah comes from being entitled and thinking she knows better for herself and the rest of the world and then acting like a complete psychopath. The whole Leah breakdown thing, it made me miss Bethany because you know Bethany would have gone gotten irritated with that. Oh, they would have never – like Leah Bethany would have, been would have lost it. She would have lost it. Yeah. So they go to Luann's Halloween pageant. Who were mm -hmm. you most impressed by? Mm -hmm. I was impressed by bloody Ramona, man. Yes. Those fucking arms. Oh, my God. Okay. I can't do one single push-up. I cannot either. But, of course, her push-up was like her head going down more than just her okay, arms. Okay. I can barely even do whatever I she can was do doing. The, I cannot do that either. Yeah. I was very, but very But I'm just, oh, my God, yes. I was impressed. I was yeah. like, okay. All right, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get how this bitch gets all the men in the Upper East Side because yeah. look at those arms and her cleavage, of course, that she yes. does not want to be covered. Sonia doesn't do a mime. Sonia does uh, charades. Charades. But I still but I didn't it. understand why she had to go change for that. I don't know, but Sonia needed to – if she needed to prepare to be a mime, she should have watched the Real Houses of Potomac episode with the mime. Yes. <laughs> If Sonia had done that routine, I would have died. Oh, uh, yes. And then Leah wins. So this is insane. So Leah has a complete mental breakdown. She yells at everybody. They go to the stupid fucking pageant. And Luann feels so bad for poor Leah that she wins this dumb pageant. And I was like, but that's okay. that's again. That's again. You're They're pandering to a – Yeah, you're pandering to a toddler. Yes. It's like, let me give you the toy and make you feel better. I wonder if also Luann does this kind of shit and Ramona does this kind of shit because it makes them look better when Leah acts crazy. Mm. They want to like, keep the crazy. They want to keep the crazy on because then they look sensible. That's yeah, exactly. Right. The reason why they are so – or Luann is so quick to – the reason why Luann is so quick to get mad at Ebony is because Ebony wasn't wrong or inappropriate in what she was saying. Mm -hmm. Ebony wasn't saying something that makes Ebony look bad. Ebony mm -hmm. was saying something that actually makes Luann look bad. Yeah. And that's Luann's problem. Leah doesn't do anything that makes them look bad. Leah just makes herself look bad. So that's why they keep her around. Yeah. We still I mean, even when Leah wants to try and make somebody, uh, Luann or uh, Ramona look bad, literally two minutes later, she is looking bad herself because she does something e equally egregious and then people forget. Yeah. And exactly. then these two ladies, these two old ladies look much better than her and she looks immature. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think about Heather's apology to Ebony on the show and off the show? I like the on the show apology right away. I don't know if somebody told her or she felt it right away. Like, oops, I shouldn't have used. Like, how did she know that that like, I, I think she used the word and then she literally realized it right away. Otherwise, how would you how would you know that that if you did it as an off cuff remark and you didn't quite realize it, then you wouldn't realize it. Yeah, and also saying that you meant to say eloquent instead of articulate doesn't really help. Doesn't help either. <laughs> but what you're trying to say is that I what you needed to say was I couldn't have put it better. Yeah, that's it. That's what she was trying to say is that you put it so well because I was struggling to put it in the right way and I didn't know how to put it. I'm glad you did because now I learned how to say it. Yeah. Exactly. But that's what she should say if that's what she says. Sometimes using these, sometimes saying the simple things the simple way is the best way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what did you think about her apology on Watch What Happens Live? I would have loved it if she had been more. Um, if she didn't read off of a cue card. Read off of, it felt um, <laughs> prepped. 
But yeah. I also thought that it was sincere. Yeah. And I also thought that that's how you should do it. If you are, if you have publicly said something wrong, then you should publicly apologize. I liked it, but I unfortunately, Heather Mama did not apologize completely honestly. She said that she accidentally responded to the race baiter comment, but she didn't actually think Ebony was a race baiter. However, there yeah. is proof that she herself wrote the comment, Ebony and Leah are race baiting. Yeah. So, yeah. But she's not addressed it. However, she's talked to Kiki from Talk of Shame. She's talked mm-hmm. to Watch What Happens. So I'm going to let it be. It's not for me to accept her apology. If Ebony accepts it, then who the fuck am I? Right. What do you think about Ramona the realtor? Okay, so this is the kid who was on uh, um, Million Dollar, the, million, listing, million dollar yes. listing, right? Yes. He, when did his hair all turn silver like that? He had he was so goofy when he was yeah. on that show. And is he is he is his father Douglas Elman? Yeah, his father's so. the chairman. Yeah. Oh shit! And he still couldn't make it in the show. <laughs> oh, I think he didn't need the show. Uh, I think okay. that's what it was. Um, yeah. yeah, he is. Well, one, he's graying because, Arthi, um, there's something called aging. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that made sh- me feel old. Like, <laughs> wasn't he just a kid, like, just five years ago? No, he was on the show, like, ten years ago. Oh, my God. Where did the years go? I know. But I thought Ramona, the realtor, can you just imagine her showing a place and using it? Here's the thing about Ramona. I don't know if it's performative. I don't know if it's for TV, but I do appreciate her at least saying the things and trying to make an effort to learn. Like, I have to give people a little bit of effort for trying. Yeah. And I think I don't think she's doing it for TV. I don't think it's performative. She is aware somewhere deep inside that... Everything she knows about life has become inappropriate now. <laughs> yeah. Like everything, all the words she uses, whatever she says. So she is always asking, is this the right thing to say? Is that the okay thing to say? Because she's aware that everything that she does to talk about other people that are not like her, she's problematic. She is aware of it, which is why we come to the very last scene where she's taking all these pictures and that's being explained. So she's aware that she is problematic. She is not aware of why. Yeah. And she's not aware of how to fix it. So she wants an easy fix to it. So she's like, okay, tell me the two or three things I should not say. And I'll make sure that I don't say it. But she doesn't want to put in the effort to understand why she shouldn't say it. She's like, okay, you guys are sensitive about it. It's not because it's wrong to say it. It's because for me to say it. It's because you guys are super sensitive about it. So just to save your feelings, I'm going to be the bigger person and not say those words. And you know, here's the thing. I don't think that's necessarily a terrible approach because there's a lot of things that white people or even other people of color don't understand from the experience of a black person, right? I don't necessarily understand why a certain word is hurtful, but if a person says that it's hurtful to them, I can stop using it. So to some degree, Ramona is doing it right. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, Ramona's just trying not to get canceled. That's why she's doing these things. Listen. Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, yes, of Uh course. But if somebody is trying to be less racist because they're afraid of getting canceled, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, if that's the only way. <laughs> that's the only way they'll change. Well, we yeah. found we found the carrot. So let yeah. them let's let yeah. them let's use it. Yeah. Or let's, yeah. is it the carrot or the stick? Either way, we found something that'll make them change. For Wait. Ramona, I think it's vodka and muscles. <laughs> Yeah, but let's let her change. Let her change in her own way as long as she's changing. Exactly. Um, that's all I that's all that matters to me. And I, you know what? The process of her changing, I will watch it. It's funny to watch yeah. her struggle through and stumble through that. So we have this election night party and Sonia is coming in hot. Ah. <laughs> because she went to uh, what's his name's boxing thing, boxing ring. Yes, Martin's boxing Martin's ring. boxing ring and punched his face, the shit out of his face when he called her a slut. Yeah, I loved it. And that was the first, I thought she, her face changed. Did you see when she started yes. finally going there? Yes. You could feel the change in her. And I was so happy that she felt that because I think she represses a lot of hurt and anger. Yes. And this is a great way. I hope she goes to Martin all the time. And I Martin, know. and then they go vote and Martin goes to vote for Tinsdale. He's still talking. And I, I, do you think Martin realizes that Tins, Leah is not Tinsley? <laughs> no, but I do think that Martin and Leah both wrote in somebody and didn't vote for Biden or Ooh. Harris. That is what I think that they were trying to show is that they weren't actually. Who do you think they wrote in? I don't know. Fucking Andy Cohen. I don't fucking know. I hate it. But um, but Sonia comes to so Sonia comes to Ebony's party just woke as fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Woke and hot as fuck. She's yeah. just. She's she, I mean, and, and if she was true, if she's truly an ally, which I think she is, yeah, the whole conversation in Hamptons, the whole breakdown, yeah. everything must have weighed heavily on her. She's like, okay, yes. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm just gonna speak my mind. Yeah. So she and she speaks her mind for too long, mm-hmm. but she brings up the fact that Ramona is posting pictures of black women. <laughs> Of her female friends who are black on her Instagram so that she can look better to everybody else. And Sonia gets really mad. And I do think that Sonia's anger is two prongs. One, she's mad that obviously Ramona is using some sort of agenda to make herself look better. But mostly Sonia is mad because Sonia is Ramona's friend. And Sonia is sick of Ramona saying that she has friends that she doesn't have. Exactly. Sonia's like, bitch, I am your friend. When was the last time you posted a picture of me? Why yeah. are you trying to be fake? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, now, I, ha- I know that, Arthi, you are a dog person, obviously, as mm-hmm. we've heard many times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't I'm appreciate not, I'm not a small dog person. Though. You're not a small dog person, though, right? Because for the same reason, they're very hard to train and control. Let me tell you something. I do not appreciate this dog climbing on somebody else's furniture mm-hmm. and eating the human's food. Yes. Not cool. Yeah. And you know what? Small dogs can do that and big dogs don't. My dogs are big because they cannot. They are not climbing anywhere. They're not doing any of that stuff. And I'm not coddling them and holding them. I'm bringing them in without a leash and, you know, yeah. any of that. No. Uh, the most my dog does, uh, the, the noisy one does, is be noisy. So he barks. <laughs> and that's because he cannot control himself. But, you know, even that, we control him on that. And this is beyond that. He still cannot stop himself from barking. But that whole thing with the dogs, I don't like the dogs running anywhere they want. 
<laughs> I don't like the dogs being there for such a long period of time. I feel like they are running around for a long period of time in a foreign house. Mm-hmm. I bet they have peed somewhere. Oh, no. I can almost predict that they have gone and marked themselves the space and they've peed somewhere, pooped somewhere, something is happening. Leah's dog jumping on top of a table and eating food was behaving very much like Leah going to Ramona's house and throwing her tiki torches around in the yard. Correct. I was like, oh, okay, they're the same. Yeah, yeah. And that's what uh, Luan says. Leah's dog is Leah's, you can tell it's Leah's dog because <laughs> there's no discipline. There's no discipline. Right? I love when and the that's... countess shows up from time to time to, to yeah. talk about etiquette and discipline. <laughs> yeah. But she's not wrong. She's That's not what wrong. it is. That's what it she... is. I think Ramona's dog Coco is probably the most well-behaved. Poops mm-hmm. everywhere, but is actually well-behaved in other yeah. ways. And I think Luann's dogs are also okay. Is it Coco that poops everywhere or is it Marley that poops everywhere? Marley is actually well-behaved. Yeah. Marley doesn't. Marley poops in her garden a lot, but yes. Coco poops in the house. I've noticed that. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. I'm not a dog person, guys. I can't get on board with it, but yeah. I'm a total dog person and I love yeah. all dogs really. But I know I can not control a small dog and I will I they are just harder to train, so I like it. I like the bigger dogs. Yeah. I like a wolf dog and not a yappy dog. Mm. I would get a shih tzu. Yeah, and I will be nice to it. They seem like but, little cuddly fuckers. Yeah, but they're fuckers. Is that they are like little cuddly, <laughs> but they're fuckers. That's the that's the operative word there. <laughs> I've also heard that they're very loyal. All dogs. All dogs are loyal, aren't All they? All dogs are loyal. Yeah. But I heard loyal. that Shih Tzu's that's were what, bred. That's how they, they grab your heart and there's nothing you can do about it because they love you no matter what. Unlike right. cats. <laughs> I'm very I'm very much like a cat. In real life. <laughs> yeah. You are. I see you as a cat person a little bit. Yeah. More than a dog person. Yeah. I mean, I'm barely a human person. Like, I barely just tolerate my own kids. So that's why I don't really. I don't fuck with pets. I grew mm. up in a house where no pets were allowed. So that's why. Mm. But that's it. That's it for this week. I am excited about seeing Brashan. Yeah. So Brashan, I have to say, is doing too much on Twitter right now. She right? posted this long post of being like, I'm who I am. I'm, I do this and I do that. And you love it or you hate me, but I'm just going to be mean. Da-da. It was like too many things. I was we like, okay, know. honey, you need to slow your roll. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, no. what prompted that though? We don't I have know. no idea. I think she's getting so excited. I, I don't like posts where people post stuff that is like, I am this and that. And you can either like me or leave me. Like what prompted it though? Did someone not like you? Like exactly. what happened? I don't it's, know that. So why very, are you posting that? Yeah, I didn't like it either. But that's it. That's it for this week. So next week we're going to have on Mon- on Wednesday, we're going to do our Shaws of Sunset Married to Medicine episode. And then mm-hmm. we're going to take a little vacation. Yeah. July 4th weekend, right? So that week. No, it's the week before. before. (laughs) Yes. It's the week before July 4th weekend because I'm away. Yeah. Um, But we will, we'll be back. That's it. That's it. Bye. Goodbye.